rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, how's that? Fuck. Great. I just did a whole open. That was my fault. I had the audio levels down. But anyway, yes, it doesn't matter. I'll cut this out um, from the podcast. But as I was saying, but we had no audio. I figured we'll do a, I, 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 I don't know, I was in a mood today. So I said, this is my therapy. Let me get on and do a tower buster, even though I generally don't do one on a Monday because I don't know, I'm resting. Sometimes I'll, I'll rest later. And, um, last time we did a show that was a little off the schedule, I am, we found some new listeners and viewers and I'm hoping that it happens again. So if you're a real progressive even if you're not, if you're a DLC progressive, if you're a Biden supporter, come on in. I'm glad you're here. And But this is unapologetic liberal talk. So you may, I don't know. I got some things to say about what's going on today. And the, earlier in the afternoon, I was on DC report with Brad Bannon it's uh, the Leslie Marshall show, part of the Leslie Marshall show. And it was great. I don't know if you, it was a great conversation. My mission right now, I've, I feel like it's kind of catching on. I'm glad to hear it too. I've been trying for years to, to promote the liberal agenda right meaning and that what's not the word that's not the right word the lib I, I we need to change the zeitgeist okay of our country the paradigm we need a paradigm shift this is how we're going to win and the way i believe we will win is not just um you know talking about our policies but framing them as patriotic imperatives now everybody who listens to the show understands this because i've been talking about it for a while but it seems to be getting out there and i'm glad i'm glad to hear it, it i really am because that's the point we have to reclaim the mantle of patriotism and reframe it a lot of this has happened what we're experiencing is because of of the fact that republicans conservatives have they they've owned the conversation they've been able to re redefine what it means to what what the american dream means so to speak what it means what what america was founded on all all of that is bullshit though America is not, I mean, the other thing, well, before I, in my mind, I have a few thoughts and they're kind of tripping over each other at the same time. So the American, all right, the, what it means to be an American, what America is, how America was founded. We, first of all, America 
is a patriotic as I keep not wrong word is a progressive initiative period end of sentence we progressives of their day the founders regardless uh, yes they were misogynists and racists we understand that but they were still they were products of their time they were progressives who said we don't need a king and an aristocracy that's there was nothing more progressive at that time nothing more radical than overthrowing a monarchy who for thousands of years the people all over the world regardless of whatever if they were french if they were english if they were german believed that there was a ruling class and when you were born into that ruling class that's because god wanted you to rule over the sheeple the dum-dums not that they called you that to your face they just sent the priests out to preach from the pulpit telling the people that rising up against this aristocracy was an offense to god so everybody relax it's you're where you're supposed to be toiling in the field and you will get your reward in heaven when you're dead but they thought the the whole thought uh the change in the paradigm started slowly it started in whispers and it spread throughout a time that became known as the enlightenment the liberal age of enlightenment from the liberal age of enlightenment came the united states the the founders were students of the the enlightenment thinkers so who you know it didn't happen overnight it took hundreds of years now i hope it doesn't have to take hundreds of years to get it back it won't we what we talk about on this show the patriotic imperatives of progressivism it's it's common sense to me it's i mean it's of course it's common sense do you like do you want to live in a democracy because most people you know there are some conservatives this is what is alarming too because now there are conservatives that say it's they say the quiet part out loud this is a new phrase everybody keeps using but it's happening more and more the quiet part being that 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 some people are born to be slaves like rush limbaugh said some people are just born to be slaves every now and then they'll let that out they'll let it slip and republicans are they often they do the same thing like when twitler says if we allow more people to vote republicans will never win another election because they understand that they are not in the majority that their ideas are not democratic you know with small d democratic ideas or ideals and but they what whatever uh, their their notion of freedom is it is the exact opposite of what freedom 
actually is for the majority of people. So they have to redefine all of the the um all of the patriot the pillars of democracy. They have to redefine what it means to be an American. What it means what it, so in their mind, right? What is freedom? Freedom to ride you to the bank without a pesky government, without government, you know, big government, red tape, bureaucrats, all of these negative images that they paint. Oh, big government coming in, telling you what to do, like in this lockdown, telling you that you can't go open up your gym in the middle of a pandemic and the uh you know they have to redefine what it means what is patriotism in the middle of a pandemic if to me in every other country it is stay home and protect your fellow countrymen that's patriotic i wanted to read this story from let's see here is it in uh in england Hold on a second. Boop, bop, beat up, boom. There's so many things going on. Because I just saw this story. It's kind of like the ass-backwards version of America. Where in England, they're, they're bugging out because... Johnson wants to open, and he wants to open the government. He wants to open the country, I mean. And the English people, the British people are like, F this, it's not safe. Because they're getting paid to stay home, you see? They're getting 80% of their salaries to stay home. They have more to lose by going out than by uh, opening up, you know, by, but than by staying home. That's a functioning government. But Johnson is a right winger. We understand this. He doesn't want the government to pay people to do their job, to to fund this war. You know, we're having a war. That's what Twitler likes to be, the war president. We're at war with the invisible enemy. And Twitler doesn't want to pay to arm the troops. And he wants you to die. Like he said, running into death, like running into bullets, like soldiers run into bullets. He wants you dead. And that's why all over Fox News, they're celebrating the fucking idiots out there going to bars, going to gyms. They're standing next to each other. They don't, they're not, they have absolutely no concern about their fellow Americans. That's supposed to be freedom. But you wait and see. Trust me, it's not going... 90,000 Americans dead? That's what Republicans call a good start. It's not a disgrace. It's not a travesty. Oh, we keep hearing, oh, one death. One death is horrible. No, honey, if you really believe that, the Republicans would do what is needed, what is necessary... If you're in a war, you don't send, regardless of what do you think, soldiers, it's be a beautiful thing to soldiers, for soldiers to run into fucking bullets, you sick, 
disgusting dodge draft dodging greed centered ghost of the gilded age you disgusting ghoul you think that's a beautiful thing it's not death isn't beautiful that's that is somebody who has never seen death that's a coward that's somebody who watches f and john wayne movies and thinks they know what the fuck to do in the middle of a war, they know they know how to plan war. They know how to. They, uh, all they all he knows is that some people are born to run into bullets, and they want you to think, "Oh, that's a beautiful thing, isn't it?" Just like the serfs in the fields, toiling away thanklessly, awaiting their rewards in heaven. Some people are just supposed to die. Government owes you nothing. That's the system the founders rebelled against. I'm sorry. I have to repeat it all the time. It is what it is. Because until it becomes public consciousness, until it is ingrained in the zeitgeist, in all of our... uh, It it becomes a, a second nature to everyone. Where it's everyone just says, yeah, of course. Yes, we understand the sun rises in the east, it sets in the west, and you can't have a functioning democracy when you have concentrated wealth and income in dispa- uh, uh, you know, income disparity like this, or a middle class below 50% of the population. And that government that the Republicans pretend to, I don't know, what the fuck, they they hate government, but what they really hate is democracy. And that has to get into the zeitgeist, into the public consciousness. When you're talking about hating government, you mean you hate democracy. I hate government that is bought and paid for by the billionaires, the billionaire class, the donor class. That's another thing that we have to fix. First and foremost, what kind of democracy has a donor class, one that's not functioning? So in The Guardian, an article, there's a revolt. It said the, the headline says, Revolt over easing coronavirus lockdown spreads as poll, slumps, uh, as poll slump hits Boris Johnson. All right, Manchester mayor unleashes fury at Johnson's plan, which, uh, while public approval for government strategy plummets. So the article, who who wrote this article? Toby Helm, Mark Townsend, Julian Coleman, and Robin McKee. Boris Johnson was hit by a growing revolt over his strategy for easing the coronavirus-19 lockdown last night as council leaders across the north of England joined unions in vowing to resist plans to reopen schools on June 1st. Signs of disunity spread as a new opinion poll for The Observer showed that approval ratings for the government over its handling of the crisis had plummeted since the Prime Minister dropped the stay-at-home message and eased restrictions a week ago. In a further sign of discord, the mayor of Greater Greater Manchester, Andy Burnham, 
writing in today's Observer, says no one thought to tell the leaders of the biggest towns and cities outside London in advance of the prime minister's decision to encourage people to go back to work last Monday. In Greater Manchester, we had no real notice of these measures. On the eve of a new working week, the prime minister was on TV actively encouraging a return to work, even though that would clearly put more cars on the roads and people on trams, and no one in government thought it was important to tell cities who'd have to cope with it. Pointing a finger at Johnson's chief advisor, Dominic Cummings, the mayor adds from a planned, far from a planned safety-led approach, this looks like another exercise in Cummings' chaos theory. Doesn't that sound like Twitler? In his article, Burnham says that mayors outside London should be invited in, into the emergency committee to counter what he says is a London-centric approach. After Liverpool City Council wrote last week to parents saying it was unlikely that schools would reopen on, Ju- on June 1st, Hartlepool Council followed suit yesterday, saying it would not do so either. Newcastle and Gateshead councils have refused to adopt the government's new stay alert message instead of stay at home and are telling residents instead to stay at home. Manchester is also stressing the stay at home message. The leader of Gateshead Council, Martin Gannon, told the Observer that his authority would put the safety of local people in an area with one of the highest infection rates in the UK, there are put at risk. There are pockets of deprivation in this area where people are especially vulnerable to COVID-19. Life expectancy here is two years below the national average, which is lower, uh, is better than we have here in the United States of serfs and lords, by the way. He went on, we locked down too late. This lockdown strategy is premature. This, this unlockdown strategy is premature. Sound familiar? The testing capacity isn't robust enough. We have, we're, we're lagging far behind that. That's why Twitler's going out there and saying testing is overrated now. Oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't worry about contact tracing. Don't, this is how you have to open up safely. Somebody who gets you got to find out who has it. Ha, where did they get it from? Twitler doesn't want to bother doing that. They are more interested in keeping up the ruse. That's government. That's conservative government in a nutshell. They don't know what they're doing. And not only that, they don't care. They don't want to know what they're doing. Because as I have said from, for years... For time immemorial, myself, for my entire life, I probably came out of the womb screaming that Republicans are unfit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation, and they don't care. They don't want to. The only reason they're, they, act, they run for any government position is to rig the game. That's it. They're not in it for you. For your mama, your daddy, your poppy, your dog, your cat, clean air, clean water, animals, insects, uh, whatever, the sun in the sky, 
the freaking food uh, we eat the to the ground we walk on, to the air we breathe. They're not in it for anything but themselves. Their greed, lining their own pockets, making it easier to steal, funneling money to the top. They're certainly not in it for democracy. They're not in it to expand the franchise of democracy to bring more people to the table, to honor the sacrifices of Americans who fought, bled, and died for this country. Not just Americans, those who maybe even want to, those who aspired to be Americans. And none of these patriots, they don't want to honor their sacrifices by ensuring that the government functions that that government that they gave their lives for functions in a way that works for all, that's not why they're in it. They're in it for themselves because they understand that government is important. That's why they talk about, I hate government. Oh, small government. You want small government? Because government that government's the only entity large enough to stand up to the corruption of a corporation, to billionaires, to the, to the lords, to your sovereign betters, the ones who want to ride you to the bank unfettered. They don't want you to have any recourse to say anything about it. That's why they don't want to be regulated. Oh, you mean I got to dump my shit in a... Uh, not I can't dump my my disgusting pollution in our common uh, environment into the America the beautiful the streams the the purple mountains majesty I can't I can't uh, you know uh, make a buck that way I make an extra one half of one cent throwing my corporate poison into the environment so how dare you tell me then I can't, you know, do what the fuck I want to do. That's freedom. But that's why we have to change the paradigm. It is not patriotic. If you're a patriot who says you love this country and you want to ride your fellow Americans unfettered to the bank, you're not a patriot. You're an you're anti-American. You're the enemy from within that the founders warned us about. They voted into the Constitution for a reason. Because there are domestic enemies. And it's not the people who are saying, stay home. Or you, you're endangering your fellow Americans. The domestic enemies are the fucking fascists that have no business being anywhere near the halls of power. For real. And they don't have any interest in... They only want to be there so they can write laws to corrupt government and ensure that they can continue to steal and pull up the ladder behind them so you can't do anything about it. So in, in England, they're saying, no, it's too early. We don't want to open up. We don't want to die. Government, because they have universal health care, not like us, and they're being paid to stay home. Nobody's losing their homes. Nobody is on a line at a food bank. 
waiting hours and hours and hours at a fucking food bank. I'm sure people are going stir-crazy, too. Of course they are. But they realize that, hey, I don't want to open up too soon because I don't want to die. Not like here where we have the corporate media putting a microphone on somebody saying, I would rather die because I can't pay my rent because they're not allowing me to work in a lockdown and government's not paying the people to stay home as they are in every other country. Of course, if a corporate media had any use, if they were worth a goddamn the, uh, uh, the millions of dollars for this country, if they were, of course they're worth their millions because they keep the circle jerk of corruption going. <clears throat> but if they were worth... If they were patriots themselves, if they really wanted to get the word out, that's what they would be telling us. Enough stories about Twitler's tone or whatever offense. Oh, Twitler, he tweeted out a, a, a movie with himself at on the face of uh, the movie Independence Day. Who fucking cares? He's a goddamn sociopath. Oh, so let's jerk off about that online uh, or on, on the corporate media for hours and hours and go into each primetime show. Uh, circle jerk punditry about it. Just how unhinged and disgraceful it is and childish on top of it. What's the point? Do Throw in some stories there about how England... How the conservatives in England want to open the country because, but they dare not. Unlike here, the conservatives, we're talking about conservatives here. These are the, the conservatives in England are like the Democratic Party here, the DLC Democrats. You know, these are conservatives that they would never dare talk about privatizing or, uh, you know, having a, system, a health system that leaves 10 million people out. That wouldn't even be, that, that's, that's not conservative over there. Here, you know, that's a different story, right? We have Democrats that propose health policies that leave millions of people out and they call that a great success when they should be really ashamed of themselves. But over in England, no one's, they're not tripping over each other. They're not uh, screaming at the faces of their legislators to let me work or I can't pay my rent because they are getting their salaries. That's what's happening. You know, they're being armed, they're funded. Their war is being funded properly. And not here. Not in the fucking broken-ass grand experiment that failed. And what is, is failing is our... Um, as the media, honestly. I was on another show on Sunday... A uh, new podcast called Draft Night, Freddy's Draft Night, and he's a progressive, and he was talking about, you know, uh, well, how do you fix it? How do you fix it? He kept asking me, how do you, I, I'm telling you, this is how you fix it. 
You don't have to reinvent the fucking wheel. We have already had a functioning middle class. It was called the Great Prosperity. When we had a government that not just worked for the 1%, you s they had top marginal tax rates of 90%. They had a progressive taxation that prevented, and an estate tax that prevented the growth of intergenerational aristocracy. I mean, we have policies. You don't have to be Miss Cleo to figure out the end of the story. All you got to do is look at the policies. And how do you get it back? Okay, it's broken now. This is the problem. It starts by changing the paradigm. Like, $15 minimum wage, that was too pie in the sky. Until it's not, until you say hell no, and you don't give up, and you don't, you don't stop. You push, and you force, and you pick it, and you sit in, and you never give up. And you shame these effing Democrats. How dare you? You got nerve, buddy, proposing a health policy that leaves 10 million people behind. And then don't tell me about pie in the sky. When all we're talking about is the American way. Of... Uh, of the patriotic imperative of progressive policies. That if you want a functioning democracy... That's what's on the line. Stop fucking pandering. Uh, I mean, really, I can go on about that, about with these goddamn Democrats pandering. We, we already talk, we talk about this all the time, but pandering to right-wingers, uh, talking about Republican. Oh, I could get Republicans to vote for me. Uh, fuck that. Enough. Oh, what do you want from me? Why are you trying to go into my shirt here? Junior, what is happening? Do you see what's going on here? My cat is now on my... He's now in my, in my back here. He's in my shirt. He crawled up my... Come on, Junior. What is the matter? Stop it. Look at this. Let me remove this lower third. Excuse me. Look at this. What is going on? Can you please? I need my space. <laughs> Come on. What are you doing? What happened? Is he hiding from Francis or something? This is crazy. And he's going, Meow. can you please leave? Can you go away a little bit? <laughs> Junior, you're annoying. Come on. What's going on? Come on. What is the matter? Are you okay? What's wrong with you? So weird. Why are you being like a weirdo? Will you relax, please? Sit. Oh my god, how crazy. 
Well, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. He won't beat you up anymore. I don't know what they were, what was going on. If he was running away from Francis, but Francis is sitting right here. See, there he is, right there. What's going on? <laughs> All right, let me. While this is happening, oh my God. That's the cat. If you're on the podcast, he's moving the fucking microphone again. Sit down, please. You gotta just sit. Holy Christmas. Oh, wow. Thank you for your super chats. I'm sure I saw Jim in here. Patricia, thank you. And Jim, of course, thank you so much. And Onsent, Onisent, thank you so much for your generous super chats. That will keep, it keeps us going. It really does. We need, and plus, you know, we will, we'll, the show has to grow. And it will grow with your help. This is a group effort. And if you believe, it really is, if you believe in the progressive policies that built the middle class and getting the word out, I thank you. And I suggest if you're just you know, a listener and you're just stopping by, it is important. It's not just important to have a liberal media. It is vital. This is the liberal media. We can't win without it. This is how we're going to change this country. Today, I was listening to Progressive Voices. All right, all right, get down. Get down now. Please, leave me. I need my space. But I was listening to Progressive Voices, and I heard um, Leslie Marshall doing... No, it was Nicole Sand that she was doing her news reports. And I was pleased when I heard her say Twitler. She referred to Twitler as Twitler, as his as he should be referred to by his Christian name, Twitler. And that's great. I, I have to say to myself, I take somewhat, uh, I have to give myself some responsibility for that because I've been calling him Twitler from the jump. And I think it's catching on. And that's great. I don't know if I originated it, but I think I was one of the early Twitler people who called him Twitler. And it's sort of like, I don't know if I, I'm sure other people had the same idea. It's not like, so when I was little, I, I remember insisting that I was the creator of the saying, no backs, no backs, no penny tax. So I don't know. Maybe I did. Who knows? So <laughs> maybe I did had the same success with Twitler as I had with well, or it could be in my mind. No backs, no backs, no penny tax. That's what I thought. I created that. You know, when you give somebody something, you're like, no backs, no backs, no penny tax. No thanks. I don't know if it caught on as much as I, I thought it did. Maybe it was just a PS PS eight thing. 
but yeah. All right. So go on with this article. Where is it? If we, all right. So they're saying we locked down too late. This unlockdown strategy is premature. What do you think, guys? This is what they're doing now to us. And the tw- the uh, fascists on the propaganda networks, on the right-wing propaganda networks, are determined to kill more Americans and tear this country apart. Either way, they win. Well, honestly, though, you think about it. The people who are going to die, unfortunately, they'll they'll bring it home to some decent people. But I don't I don't really care if the Trump crowd gets coronavirus. They deserve it. They need to get it. They get what they effing deserve. So go, go for it. Do us a favor. That's probably the most patriotic thing they could do is get the coronavirus. As long as they stay home and not. But they won't do that. That's the thing. They won't stay home and because they're whiners. So they'll they're not strong in any sense of the word. They're not metaphorically strong. They're not uh, literally strong. They're not emotionally, spiritually, sexually. They're in no way are they strong. They are, they have no strength in them. That's why they're such weak ass, tiny little complaining bitches, cowards who whine and complain, oh, I haven't had a haircut or I need to, you know, they don't understand. They're so stupid that they have been tricked by the oldest tricks in the book. Their racism makes them easy fodder for the elites who can tickle that racist funny bone and get them to real now is now it's getting them to kill themselves basically it's the first i guess revolution or civil war in history where the rebels kill themselves but go right ahead go unlock down yourselves get out go to the gym i saw something like there was a some footage, uh, of course, on MSNBC, whatever, my, the bug up my ass, MSNBC. And I feel like I monitor it. I have to monitor it for the ridiculousness it is. And, well, also to counter it on this show. And they showed some guys at a gym. And none of them were wearing masks. They were picking up the weights and whatnot you know just picking them up okay like a cursory wipe down on the uh, good luck with that have a good good life because uh you know you'll see what you got the virus has another idea but and on uh who the fuck was this oh yeah herman cain on twitter Scums, another scum. This is what I'm talking about when we say how Joe Biden he wants a a woman as president. Who who cares? It's like, oh, wouldn't it be great if he picked a black woman? Well, what what black woman? Because we got a black man, Herman Cain. Does that fit your bill too? What's what do they stand for? So Herman Cain tweeted. 
great news unless you're part of the lockdown left. Uh, an article, he, qu- he tweets an article, right? It says, the headline is, U.S. Health Secretary reopened states are seeing no spikes in cases. That is bullshit. And guess where the article comes from? HermanCain.com. So let's just pull bullshit out of our ass. And I can't even believe it. I got to show you what I'm looking at right now. That if you, if I have to look at it, I can't go in there alone. Look at this picture. That well, that's the, as you can see on the left, that is you guys, and I can see the super chats. That's the feed. I can see the feed going out. And as you can see on the side, the super chats go away after a certain period of time. If I, it only scrolls back to so far. So if I miss your super chat, that's why. Um, all right. So let's look at this. HarmanCain.com. I'm trying to get Ecamm to focus. Focus, Ecamm. I can't, it's not doing this. Oh, here it is. All right. U.S. Health Secretary reopened cases are seeing no spikes. I mean, reopened states. That's not true. Texas just had its largest spike. And, you know, it's reopening. And But what's more disgusting, though, is I'm looking over on to the left. I, don't, I mean, well, it's my right. I guess it's your right, too, right? I don't know. My other left. Look at this picture of Herman Cain. Let's see if I can zoom in. I probably can't. Oh, my God. Doesn't he have any... Does he have any, like, dignity? As you can see, I was was searching for masks. Because the mask that I have when I go out fogs up my glasses so i need one that has like a breathing thing but of course when you look for things online everything is traced and tracked so that's all the oh now for forever and ever i'll get all these ads for masks everywhere but anyway what is look at herman cain sitting there look at the fucking portrait he has behind him reagan no, it's not Frederick Douglass or uh, you know, any a- African-American hero, a real patriot. It's fucking Reagan, a racist. Another Republican who tickled racist funny bones. You know, about the young bucks on food stamps and sh- bullshit like that. Welfare queen. But Herman Cain's got a fucking portrait of Reagan. Talk about pining for your oppressor. Like a battered spouse pining for an oppressor. That's why they love Herman Cain. He's a human shield for bigotry. It allows them. See, they get points. It's like when George W. Bush said he was asked about his cabinet being nothing but rich white old fuckers 
And they said, he said, oh, well, I, when I hear criticism, I just point at Condi Rice. And that's what it's come down to in America. Yeah, tokenism. Yeah, look, I, oh, I'm not racist. It doesn't matter my policies, my history of racism, my entire platform being fucking racist, tearing this racist-ass country apart that... The, I would do that Republicans will do anything but have the necessary conversation to advance together e pluribus unum have a country that works for all no 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 let's pretend that uh, racism is over and look look because of Herman Cain no no I'm not racist the Republicans they actually had a CPAC I always remember one of the CPAC speakers, or one of the, you know, CPAC is just a cesspool. One of their seminars they had one year was, are you tired of being called a racist when you know you're not? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Are you tired of being called a racist when you know you're not? Well, maybe you should look at yourself and say, why are they calling me a racist? Why does somebody, everybody keep calling me a racist? When I know I'm not. If somebody kept calling me a racist, I'd be like, okay, uh, what? What the fuck am I doing? What? Where am I uh, in this equation? But Republicans can't take responsibility for anything. It's not, it can't be your policies. It can't be your insistence to call Nazis and KKK tiki torching, um, you know, uh, fascists marching through the streets, yelling blood and soil and Jews will not replace us, uh, calling them very fine people. No, it's nothing, has nothing to do with that. You're not racist, not at all. Can't be your racist-ass policies or talking about welfare queens dividing and conquering this country or f from, from day one. This is what they have always done, Republicans and conservatives. From their attacks on unions. It's always been racism, keeping people apart along racial lines, of course. Their argument against, well, how they argued, how they, they approached unions, they would try, as they were trying to bust unions. Do you want to call an N-word your brother? That's how they got them, the racists. Because they know that the biggest... Um, threat to conservatism and the oligarchy. That's what the that's what it is. It has always been this way. Even when we had a let's say um, a conservative, uh, even in the revolution, there were some conservatives. Some of the conservatives, of course, has always been fighting about how much freedom. Can you really give people? How much democracy can you really give? Can we afford? And the conservatives are always, have always been the party of the elites. They don't believe in democracy. They like it as far as it, 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 it excludes people. Too much democracy, that's too much. That's why we, we have an ele electoral college. So if we ever get close, dangerously close to reconciling 
our racist-ass history together, which is needed. We will have to get there soon. If we don't, the country, it's not going to survive. It has to happen. And what happened to my terror buster? What happened? The TV went off. Maybe. What is going on with my... With everything. Whatever. We don't want to hear that. Let's see. I'm going to put the Roku on. Now you're seeing how the... How it's all made. The behind the scenes... How the sausage is made of Tarabuster. It's very high tech. It's a Roku and the Roku media player. Boom. Wow. Amazing. And of course, somebody, Francis Jr. Jr. That's probably why they were acting nutty. They used the bathroom or the litter box. Depending on who went to the bathroom, I can, I can smell it. Gross. You, does that happen to you? Your cats lose their minds right before they use the bathroom or the litter box? I do have one cat who uses the bathroom. Tara Jr. He is toilet trained. And I have another cat who is, uh, who uses the litter box. But they are generally, you know, it's weird. It's like women who get their periods at the same time. These two seem to go to the bathroom at the same time. They're synced up. And it's not it's not good for me. Especially when I can't get up and go change it or whatever. It doesn't matter. Nobody needs to hear this. This you don't need to hear this disgusting conversation. But yeah. All right, let's see. Where else? Where are we? Where am I? I had other things. There's many things I wanted to talk about. One of the things... I, I wanted to point out something. This is why um, your patronage is vital. It has to be pointed out. I'm sorry. Thank you for your patronage. We need more patrons. We need about a thousand more of you. I know we'll get there eventually if we don't give up, which I feel like doing every about approximately every 20 minutes. But, uh, yeah, one day at a time, sometimes one minute at a time. We need more patrons so we can have a daily show and somehow become, I don't know, change this effing country. You change it by changing the conversation. Stop apologizing for the progressive policies that built the middle class. Stop pandering to Reagan. Stop saying, oh, I read in uh, Ayn Rand. My favorite book is Ayn Rand, like Stacey Abrams. Fuck you. You start quoting FDR. You say, it is about time that we bring FDR's vision of a functioning democracy to fruition, and we shore up the economic disparity and upward immobility that made Twitter possible. And thank you, Shannon, for your very generous super chat. That's it. That's how we roll. 
And Shannon is also a patron, so she's above and beyond the call of duty all the time. But it's true. We have our uh, that. All right. All right. I say it before, but that's how the American Revolution began. It started in whispers in tea shops where people passed around these radical pamphlets discussing we didn't need a king. You know, Thomas Paine, the rights of man. That's what we're doing here. This is just an updated version of that. I'm not trying to be uh, bigger than my britches over here, but it's the truth. And that's why the Republicans are winning. Because they understand that their message, their disgusting, kiss-up, kick-down, phony-ass populist message. They're not populists. They're phonies. They understand that we need populism, that we need a, a system that works for the working class. They get it. They get that there's dissension and that the working class has been turned into the working poor, and that creates... Uh, anxiety and into that anxiety instead of putting uh, instead of pushing remedies they push racism and they proclaim to be for the forgotten man and woman but they're being duped the forgotten man and woman are being duped but while the effing democratic party panders and doesn't do uh, this is why the Democrats uh, concern me, okay? They do. I am concerned that we will have a repeat of 2016. And uh, I was on um, I was on this the radio earlier with uh, on we're trying to find the exact I keep fucking it up. Oh, deadline DC. I think I said it was a different show name. DC Report, I think I said it was. No, it's Deadline DC with Brad Bannon and Leslie Marshall. Um, it's Leslie Marshall's show. So Brad Bannon does, he co-hosts the show. And But this is what we were talking about on that show. Oh, I, I am concerned, according to polls, because Brad Bannon brought up that Joe Biden is leading in the national poll, but he is behind in battleground states in certain polls that's really concerning he shouldn't even be it shouldn't be an issue all that's going on 90,000 Americans dead and counting why is it even close just like Hillary it should have been it should not have been it should have she should have blown blown this effer out of the water attacks cheating draft dodging dictator envying con man out of the water because they try to play nice with everybody we need a progressive revolution and we have to be unapologetically liberal unapologetic progressives that's what i call this show oh my god thank you stephen lee and speaking of now i want to i want to make a correction i want to speak to michael Deason, who is a supporter, a patron, a longtime supporter. He's someone who I, and also a super chatter. He is still a patron. I was mistaken. He's not, I thought he wasn't a patron. I thought he stopped his patronage, but that's not true. 
I was mistaken. So thank you. And he also, he left me a message. And I want to play it. Because he was the one that I was saying that his mother voted for Biden. And he was, he left me a few messages telling me, stop whining about Bernie. But I want him to explain it in his own words. So I figured, let me play Michael's message. Oh, yeah, Michael D said again. I listen to you so sadly. I'm still a patriot. I check my my financial records. They took it out on five one, and I got one for PayPal too. Thank so you. So that's cleared up. I have not stopped being a patron because of what uh, I, I'm just expressing my opinion on what I'm hearing from you on this side. And number two, why did my mother vote for Biden? Don't know. Didn't ask me. Because he put it into that mother's son voice, and I knew that was the end of the conversation. She's still my mother, and I'm still the son. And then sometimes, well, okay, I'm through with, with the conversation in. That, so I can't answer that question. And with all the death and corruption going on in this country, to spend the time still talking about Bernie, you know, that's all I'm really trying to say. You have a great show. I like the show until you, you get all stressed out about Bernie, but it's over, man. Just like I was with Elizabeth Warren, but I'm not going to sit in and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, there's other things going on. 90,000 people, I don't know when you're going to get the message, have died, and that's my concern now. we got to still win the House and the Senate. That should be our concern. Okay, Biden, the president. But if we get a progressive house and a progressive senate, we still can get everything you asking for. Without that, then we ain't gonna get nothing. So even if okay, if we don't get Biden in there and change the Congress and the House, we still stuck. So it doesn't matter. If we still stuck. If you can't get because then we still stuck. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay, Bernie, you're president, but you got a Republican House and a Republican Senate. Then what happens? Thank you. Yeah. I hear you 100,000%. You're right. You're very right. You make a lot of sense. And, yeah, I get it. But, yeah, I know. Let me see. I just, I'm, I'm concerned about Joe Biden. You're right. We have to continue to push progressive policies. This is it. That's it. The Democratic. Okay, let me tell you. I was on another show yesterday. I was on... Um, Freddy's draft. What is it called? Freddy's. It was a, it's actually a sports show. That's why when they asked me to be on the show, I was like, I know nothing about sports, but okay. And he said that it didn't matter that sports and topics and whatnot. So, uh, whatever, current events. So it was, it's Freddy's draft night. That's what it's called. And he, we were talking about progressive policies and he said, He's not voting for Biden at all. He will not vote. He will vote for other candidates on election day, whoever's running. But he will not vote for Biden because he feels that when that the Democrats will take his vote for granted. This is what I'm hearing. I'm not and I was encouraging him. As I say, right, when you're bleeding, you want to stop the bleeding. And we have more 
chance. We have a better chance of doing of of pushing him to the right than we do in in fucking fighting this fire hose of fascism. By the time Twitter is finished with us, we're not going to recognize this country anymore. Every day, there's more, and every minute, every 15 fucking minutes, there's more shit we got to fix. A certain amount, uh, a certain, after a certain time, you're like, oh my God. It's like a goddamn house in hoarders. You walk in and, and everything is stuffed to the ceiling with shit. And you're like, where do I begin? That's what's going on. And every day, they are stuffing more unqualified judges onto the uh, all the courts which really concerns me because that's how fascism takes root and every fascist society this is what they do they push unqualified loyalist judges onto the bench they they overturn a fair judiciary they they corrupt the courts with flunkies, it's it happened. It happens everywhere. It happened in Nazi Germany before the Nazis completely took over as the only political party. When they were still uh, a party in parliament, that's what they did. They pushed their filthy, disgusting judges onto the court. So when one of their brown shirts went out there and beat the shit out of a communist or someone in an opposing party. And it got to the court. It would be nullified. That's what's going on here. So we could push all our policies. We could go to the courts. I mean, we could push legislation. We can get progressives onto um, in different representative roles all over the country. And then they will push a progressive agenda, which will end up in the courts and the filthy, disgusting corporatists will overturn it. That's what FDR was up against with the New Deal initially, except he fought what he did. He said, okay, I'm going to pack this fucking court um, with... He had different court plans. I was going to say schemes. Scheme sounds nefarious, but... There is no, there's nothing in the Constitution that says that there has to be nine judges. That's why FDR said, okay, well, we'll make it so if you're old, if you're uh, above a certain age, you'll be um, half a judge or something like that. I can't remember how it was, it all shook out. It didn't work, but when FDR, because he, he was an unapologetic progressive, and he was like, fuck this. My, the New Deal, the American people need this New Deal. Not just the people, the government, the country. We need a country that works for all. Not just the goddamn Gilded Age mother effers. The Gilded Age is over. It's time for an, a revolution in the working class. And he actually said that. So... He said, fuck this, I'm pushing the, I'm, I'm going to do what I can to stop the courts from, from stopping my programs. And after that, he went up against the courts and because he had the power of the people behind him too. The courts, all of a sudden, started to allow the New Deal 
to go through. They're only human, too. That's why public shaming, you know, they like their cushy jobs. But we have more power here than as far as the courts are concerned. So if we get a progressive, an actual progressive president, let's say, right? Biden, he's not a progressive. We know that. But there is a way we can remedy this fucking usurped Supreme Court. And that is by adding more liberal judges on the court. Just add, keep adding court. Fucking do it. One judge at a time. Make it a progressive majority. They want to play games like this. They want to stop a democratic, a democratically elected president who was elected in two landslides. They want to stop him from fulfilling his constitutional duty as mandated by the Constitution and given to him by the people twice. They want to spit in our faces and say, no, uh, my, my proudest moment is saying to Obama, you can't put uh, you're not going to fulfill your constitutionally prescribed duty that the people have given you two times in two landslide elections. Tough shit. We say, okay, motherfucker, we're going to add three more judges onto the court, and they're going to be progressive. So Kavanaugh, Kavanope, and the man without honor, Neil Gorsuch, the fucker, if he had any honor, he would have said, no, thank you. If I'm going to be on the Supreme Court, I want to earn that right legitimately, not just be um, not over, uh, not after, you know, like you should have, if he had any honor, he should have said, no, um, pick Merrick Garland, right? Merrick Garland was a conservative. This is what happens when you play nice with snakes, Republican snakes. So Obama says, so what's his name? Uh, Lindsey Graham says, oh, well, if, uh, and I guess I, and I think even Mitch McConnell said, if Obama proposes somebody that we can all agree upon, you know, like Merrick Garland, and what does he do? He proposes Merrick Garland, who's not a progressive. And what does what do the Republicans do to thank him? They say, fuck you. Well, it's guess what? It's time for progressives to start saying, fuck you. No, fuck you, honey. We own this bitch. We created America. Progressives created America. Created America while your right-wing son-of-a-bitch ancestors were pining to be trickled upon by the king. So, we'll save it from the likes of you again despite what you feel or want or think. And if you can't seem to make a buck in a society that works for all, where the, the working people earn a living wage, where the taxes are, where you're taxed to a point where you can't be a, a, one of our sovereign lords, then tough shit, then move. Go to Liberland. Get the fuck out. Go to Saudi Arabia, Pakistan. How's that? That's a conservative dreamland. Pakistan. No taxes on the rich. The military can do no wrong. Church and state are intertwined. That's your conservative dreamland. They want to do that here. Except with Jesus. They like it a little more Jesus-y. You know, in Pakistan, 
you if you're rich different rules for different people you could do whatever the fuck you want that's the way it is you could you don't have to wear wear uh, uh you know your your burkas and shit like that you have women you could do whatever the fuck you want as long as you got money but everybody else has to play by the rules you could go from gated community from gated to gated community if you're rich and then you would of course need your private protection the rich they buy their own police forces that's what they want here here in the United States I mean, you don't have to be a Miss Cleo to figure out the end of the story. You just see what policies they're promoting now. They're, I mean, come on. And uh, overturning the estate tax, low taxes on the rich. What do you think? No regulation, as if regulation itself is bad. It's, it's infantile to think that way. Oh, all regulations, oh, business-destroying regulations. First of all, they, oh, job-destroying. Remember, that's how they put it. It's job-killing regulation. Because they, they are masters at misinformation. So it's about time that we become masters of information. Everything that has to say, oh, the job-killing, the, the job-killing... Uh, whatever, uh, regulation. So we say the job-creating regulation. Actually, that's the truth. Studies have shown regulations create jobs. you got to have people to... It's not only that they create jobs, but it also is to protect the community. Yeah, you know, you can't dump your disgusting corporate waste uh, and your poison into our streams. That's why these Republicans, they like to send our jobs overseas because overseas in different wage slave nations, they don't have the standards that we have. They don't have to pay people living wages. They could put shit, you know, lead and glass and all kinds of shit in your uh, whatever. Like, remember when there was a batch of dog food coming from China where dogs were dying? You know, no regulations. And you don't know what the hell is in it anyway. But, oh, it's cheaper, though. I remember, I'm old enough to remember when there was a label on a product that said made in China. That meant it was crap. But now it's everything is made in China. And that's how the Republicans get away with their pretending to be the party of the people. Because now Twitter is all about trade, trade, trade. The Democrats, to their fucking fault... They want to be, like Hillary says, I want to be the, I want it to be, well, she said during the primaries or when, whenever, I mean, during the campaign, I want to be the president for all people, Main Street and Wall Street. Sorry, honey, you can't. You got to pick a side. When you want to be the, it's not like, you know, a soldier. Oh, I want to be the soldier for all people. A soldier for America and for Nazi Germany. I'm sorry. Um, either you're an ally, either you're on the side of truth, justice, in the American way, or you're not. 
being on the side of business, you know, the ones who were all about, even during World War II, they liked Hitler. Remember that. I'm actually reading a book now. Well, I'm not reading it. I'm listening to it. I listen to a lot of books while I'm working. I like history. One of the books I'm listening to was suggested by one of our viewers and, and listeners. It's called Hitler's American Friends. It's all about the traitors. And that's T-R-A-I-T-O-R-S. Is that how you spell it? Traitors? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not traitors. Not like trading. Trading cards. The traitors. Who, they were all for Hitler. You know, he made them books. The buku books. He they liked Hitler. He kept people in line. He made the Autobahn. Oh, so what? A bunch of Jews got, and gays, and, you know, gypsies, and fucking subversives, communists. Who likes communism, anyway? That's why they picked Hitler. Oh, yeah, it's Michael Deason. They liked... Yeah, he's their guy. What is fascism? Fascism is the merger of corporations and state. So, of course, big business loved Hitler. And they had, you know, the German-American bund. We could have had, um, you know, a Nazi-sympathizing president. In fact, there's a, I think there's a show about that now. About if Lindbergh had won. Yeah, the, all of Lindbergh, a big Nazi. They liked Hitler. He was big. He was good for business. Kept people in line. They don't give a shit. They'd still like him today. If this were the 1920s the and late 20s, well, after the beer hall push. So if this was the early 30s, what do you think Twitler would be saying about Hitler? Yeah, silver shirts. That's what they called them. And there were, they were what, what was that? Father Coughlin? He had his own. Was that the Father Coughlin brown shirts? They had their version of the brown shirts. Were they called the silver shirts? Let's see, brown shirts. And of course, they had the media. On their they on the radio they had their propagandists talking about you know how great Hitler was and um, you know rah 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 all about America and they had their big famous gathering here in New York with thirty thousand Nazis marched down Fifth Avenue to the. Um, you know, Madison Square Garden, and they had Nazi flags with um, George Washington, images of Washington. It's all very American. Fascism. You could present it that way. Well, big business. That is if you hate America, if you hate democracy, if you want the dumb fucking people to be nothing but serfs and everybody to be ridden to the bank without pesky government getting in the way saying play nice with the plebs what it really comes down to what what is the meaning of life 
And that's what we're talking about here. What is the meaning of an economy? Why have an economy? What is the purpose of an economy? Is it to make a few people very rich? Or is it so you have a system that works for all? I think it's the latter. The meaning of life and the meaning of democracy and an economy is so we have we can all cultivate the best possible situation. Doesn't it doesn't mean everything's guaranteed, but you cultivate a uh, pers- the pursuit of happiness for each other. You leave no one behind. That's how you do it. Everybody in, nobody out. All of the things that we talk about have been done. All right. What are you doing? Now he's being fussy. Turn off the AC for a minute. Can you? What are you doing? I thought you were jumping down. (laughs) Oh, you're being a little bratty today. You're being a little brat. Will you can you just relax then? Just sit there and be yourself. Chill out. Must be nice to not know that a Twitler exists. But all right, let's speak of other things as we're speaking. Yes, DuPont loved Hitler. Of course, Ford. Big Hitler fan. Oh, thank you, Stephen Lee. Ooh, I got a lot of super chats going on. Thank you, guys. That's great. Let's see. Shannon, of course. Stephen. Jim again. Oh, my God. Deborah. Stephen. Jim again. What the hell, guys? And again, Stephen. You guys are crazy. Crazy like a fox, that's for sure. Yes, and Bush, George W. Bush's daddy, granddaddy. He was cited with the trade. Uh, w- um, he was cited under the Trading with the Enemies Act. They don't give a shit. They hate America. Has haven't I been saying this? Why isn't this all out in the open? Why don't the Democrats talk about this? Don't get me going on the Democrats. I really am pissed off right now thinking about. I don't want to get into it, but Nancy Pelosi, they pass, you know, this Heroes Act. Give me a break, the Heroes Act. Instead of having opening up Medicare for all, you think you would want to do that? Use this time to fix the fucking broken system. Okay, use it. The camel's nose under the tent. Yes, it would be hard. I know, too hard. If you want to keep sucking up to your donor class but whose side are you on so in the heroes act instead of pushing medicare for all nancy pelosi and the dlc democrats they are funding cobra payments for unemployed workers oh that's fabulous it's make no mistake though it's not you getting the subsidy It's the for-profit ghoulish racket that has no fucking business existing. 
that racket, you know, the same racket that's killed 35,000 Americans every single year for as long as I've been around. That racket, the one that bankrupts millions, kills thousands, leaves millions out, and consistently ranks dead last or next to last on all positive measures. That racket. Nancy Pelosi just gave the fucking health insurance racket more of our good tax dollars. So it's not enough that they kill us. They keep killing us so they can keep killing us. That's disgusting. And she should be ashamed. And honestly, get the... I mean, enough, Nancy Pelosi. Enough. How many years? What is she, 80? Not that... I'm not trying to be ageist here. It's not about that. But she's not... uh, uh, Got her finger on the pulse. She's clearly missing the forest through the trees. The generation coming up are the most progressive generation it's the most progressive generation in 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 history right now in my history all right get down get down oh no you don't want to get down how old is she she's like 80 yeah she's fucking 80 years old okay great well you had great health care you're on Medicaid now. What do you care? Look, I'm all got hair all over my goddamn shirt. Get down. Come on. He doesn't want to jump down. Look at this. I got to constantly roll myself with a roller. Oh, you don't like the roller, do you? <laughs> How about you go that? You like that? What about that? Oh my goodness. My good. Anyway, what are you doing, Nancy? Go away, Nancy, with your fucking. Step aside, finally. Oh, she's such a great fundraiser. Yeah, okay. Well, how about we make that an unnecessary skill? We don't want fundraising enough. We don't. We wouldn't need somebody who can fundraise. If we got money out of politics, why don't, why don't they see this shit? She's old enough to remember FDR. Give me a break. Giving money to the ghoulish racket that kills Americans. That's how you have to present it. Fuck this. Oh, Americans love their, fu- their private health insurance. No, they don't. You know who loves private health insurance? Nancy Pelosi. Because they bribe her. Legally. And all the other ghoulish, goddamn, useless DLC Democrats and the Republican fascists who don't give a shit who dies. While the rest of the world continues not, not, to, to look at us. Like, we're we're out of our goddamn gourds because we are. We allow it to continue. I keep asking every, all the time I ask, how much longer? How much longer are we going to take it? I ask that about the Democrats too. How much longer are we going to have to endure a, a Nancy Pelosi who doesn't fight 
on the right side of history. She's fighting for her donor class. If you're fighting, if you were fighting for the people, you would be disgusted that a that we have a comp, a company. There's a whole industry that makes money denying health care to people and has killed. How many how many Americans are dead because of this ghoulish racket that shouldn't exist? There's it, it shouldn't. It's pointless. And Nancy Pelosi just propped it up a little more, gave that money to the broken-ass system so that they can still deny you care. So now they're going to pay the subsidies on Cobra, which is fucking ridiculous. All that money wasted into a broken racket fucking system that is the worst. And I'm not, it's not just worse in mor- morality. And I'm not just saying it's the worst system. It is the measurably worst system. They do a study every year. And every single year, the U.S. ranks last or next to dead last. And I don't mean that as a pun. U.S. health. Let's see. Last or next to last. Yep. Here's another one, another article. Unbelievable. But that's what Nancy Pelosi just gave fucking millions and billions of that. Who knows? I don't know how much, but a lot. They gave money, a whole, another injection, like giving a goddamn junkie some more blood money. Americans are still struggling with their health and rank last. Wait, 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 wait. Americans, here we go. This is a couple of years old, this article, but it doesn't matter what year it is. We will have the same article because year after year after year, the U.S. ranks last. Americans are still struggling with their health and rank last against citizens of 10 other wealthy countries when it comes to emotional distress, struggling to pay for care, and skipping doctor's visits. The latest report from the Commonwealth Fund which routinely points to the shortcomings of the U.S. healthcare system, shows not much has changed in 15 years or longer. Americans still pay far more for medical care than people in every other rich Western nation, but have little to show for it. The group surveyed 26,000 adults from... Australia, Britain, Canada, France, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, and the United States. It found 43% of low-income Americans went without medical care because of costs. In other countries, these rates range from 8%. That's, that's outrageous to them, right? Here, fucking 43%. And that's what I would uh, imagine is lowballing it. In, compa- in comparison to adults in 10 other countries, adults in the United States are sicker and more economically disadvantaged. The United States trailed other countries in making health care affordable and ranked poorly on providing timely access. I thought that we all, we all don't, everyone has to wait. They all got to fucking wait everywhere. 
you know, here where you go booga, 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 you say healthcare, healthcare, healthcare three times in the mirror, and all of a sudden your amazing doctor appears to give you the best healthcare in the Western world. If you're a fucking moron who believes that shit, then you need to get, you need to shut up, honestly. You get what you deserve. Problems were particularly acute for low-income adults, yet Americans now spend nearly $10,000 per person a year on medical expenses. Far, by far. This is in 2016, this article. It's probably more. By far the most amongst developed countries. Health spending now tops $3 trillion a year. Health insurance premiums have been steadily rising, and employers who cover 60% of Americans in the... My editorializing. In the stupidest, fucking most ridiculous, kiss-up-kicks-down, serfs-and-lords system that ever was concocted in the goddamn fevered dream of a greed-centered ghoul who cover 60% of Americans, have been increasing the amount of their work that their workers must contribute to their own medical care. The U.S. spends more on health care than any other country, but we get far less. Significant resources fall short in terms of access to care, affordability, and coordination, said the Commonwealth Fund President David Blumenthal. Dr. David Blumenthal. We can learn from what is working in other nations. Yeah, if we weren't dum-dums, if we weren't a bunch of dumb fucking yokels who are screaming in each other's faces like, I'm gonna die instead of, I'd rather die of coronavirus than expect my government to function properly like every other goddamn country. That's what a stupid, dumb bitch I am. And I'm, I'm watching Fox News right now in my ear telling me to scream freedom, 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 and fake news, fake news, fake news. We can learn from what's working in other countries. Yeah, I mean, that's what I say about, I talk about the Roman Empire. uh, 1,000 years it lasted. We won't come close to that. Trust me, we, we are already dead. So... This is not a functioning society. It took the, at least it took the Romans over 500 years to lose their republic. We've beaten them to the punch by many, by many centuries. So, but yeah, that's why they were successful. They went around the world. Whenever they went to another place, they saw what worked and what didn't work. And they took those policies, they stood, they took those initiatives as their own and they made it Roman, but we're not smart enough to do that. We see, we have the worst, most expensive and the measurably worst healthcare on earth. And a few disgusting millionaires who are owned, who are the mouthpieces of rackets owned by billionaires are paid to tell us we have the best we have the best in spite of the fact that every single american has a story they have a personal story everyone we all do if i polled every one of you guys listening and watching you would have your story 
how your mother was denied or something, ha- or you had to go bankrupt, or I, I, I receive letters from people who are, they could have been dead. They're alive in spite of the insurance racket or some people who died who were fighting, were still fighting with insurance racket while they crossed over because they made the mistake of getting sick. That's the nature of life, though. Guess what? Everybody's going to get sick. You're all going to get something. That's how it goes. Okay, we can learn what's working in other nations. If we are going to do better for our patients, we need to create a health care system that addresses the needs of everyone, especially our sickest patients who are struggling to make ends meet. It doesn't matter. They, this is why we have to reframe the debate. It is about patriotism. How much more, how much longer are we going to take it? A company... We do, we do not have the best health care in the world. We The fact is, we have the best anything if you're rich. But unfortunately, we have a health system that needlessly kills thousands. And if you think that's the best, then you're not a patriot. Then you hate America. And we have to frame it like that. Oh, that's the best. That's the best. Yeah, you got the best. Well, if you don't give a shit about your fellow then you're not a patriot, and shame on you. And we need to shame them. They should be ashamed. It's time. They gotta be shamed. Like Willie Geist? Shame on you. For spreading this shit. This bullshit that everybody loves their private health insurance while you got yours and and millions got nothing. How dare you? Spreading this bullshit that that millions left behind is the best we can do. You should be ashamed, you unpatriotic mouthpiece of billionaires who ride us to the bank like parasites and discard us like hosts, like sucked, like uh, like this. What do you call it? Husks, like drowned, hollowed out husks. That's what they leave behind. The weakness predate. The weaknesses, wait, wait, wait. The weaknesses predate the 2010 Affordable Care Act, widely known as Obamacare. It was President Obama's signature legislation, but was from the beginning a compromise broadly rejected by Republicans in Congress and criticized by liberals who wanted a single payer system. That fucking works. The law was meant to gradually lower health care costs by first getting more Americans health insurance so they could get chronic health conditions taken care of. Yeah, that's the Republican health care plan. That's why it sucks. And Republicans can't have anybody and can't have Democrats winning because Republicans have absolutely no interest in a functioning society. That's why they don't care how many people die. It will not be enough for them as long as they can continue to steal and ride you to the bank. If you're a stupid dupe voting against your own better interest, good. They want you to die. They don't care. Die. 
You and your granny died. They're not going to shed a crocodile tear. Your granny, your mama, your wife, your sister, your brother, whatever. Oh, well. Soldiers running into bullets. A beautiful thing. Okay, so it's gotten, he's talking about the ACA. American health insurance. Okay, wait, wait. The law was meant to gradually lower costs, health costs, by the first, by first getting more of Americans' health insurance so they can get chronic health conditions taken care of. It's gotten an estimated 20 million more covered, bringing the rate of people without insurance, for health insurance, down from 15% to 9% now. But it's now going back up because of Twitter. Thank you. And that's not good enough. 15%, 9%. All of it is a disgrace. Zero percent. That's how it has to go. Nobody out. Everybody in. That's the only patriotic way. That's the American way. And if you don't agree, then you're not a patriot. And you should be ashamed of yourself. You're a greedy ghoul, and you'd be better off living in the kind of system the founders rebelled to escape. The report says it's only begun, but ugh, Trump has promised to repeal or significantly, you know, he's talking about the ACA, reform it. Meaning he's got no reform. Republicans don't have any ideas. They had years to come up with an idea. They can't because the goddamn ACA is their idea. You fucking dummies. Not you guys. I'm talking about to, to the stupid Republicans who are like, Obamacare, Obamacare. My insurance was $200 and now it's $600 because of Obamacare. No, fucker. It's because you and your stupid Republican policies that you, if you thought your health insurance was paying for health insurance, you're a fucking stupid moron. Because if you got sick... And you went to the hospital, you'd be like, oh, here's my $200 health insurance. They'd be like, sorry, don't cover hospitalization. It doesn't cover cancer. It doesn't cover this. It doesn't cover that. It doesn't cover fuck off and die. Oh, well, go fund me. Son of a bitch. I'm pissed. The major coverage expansions of the law were launched only in 2014 and thus is still ramping up. Oh, whatever. This is heartbreaking, really. An estimated 23 million adults in the United States lack health insurance, while other countries have universal coverage. The report finds Americans are more likely than people in other countries to have more than one chronic condition, such as arthritis, heart disease, asthma, high blood pressure, or diabetes. It found 28% of Americans have multiple chronic conditions compared to 14% in Britain and the Netherlands, 18% in France, and 22% in Canada. The Commonwealth Fund says that research, its research consistently finds that providing high-quality, well-coordinated, and inexpensive health coverage translates to better health overall. You think? Not here in the United States of, of serfs and lords. Here, they don't give a shit whether the Americans are dead. You're nothing. You understand? You are nothing but a, a carcass to run into a bullet. 
you're a, a bag of bones. You're a useless eater. You create, do whatever the, if you're, you right, you're there to or be ridden mercilessly and to shut up and not pester your betters who were born on third base thinking they hit a triple. You're the intergenerational aristocracy, just like the founders rebelled against. Like when they say, oh, thank you, my lord. Thank you, my sovereign lord, baron so-and-so, duke, whatever the fuck your name is. You know, our betters, thank you, my lord, for trickle something upon us. This is, that's not what was this thing of ours was supposed to be. Isn't it ironic that the country that we rebelled against with the goddamn king and queen that has a queen currently, that country is more free, has more democracy, has universal health care, it doesn't have idiots running and saying, we want to get back to work because the government isn't um, doing its job. Well, no, no, that's not what people are saying. They say, we want to get back to work because we can't lose our homes, we're not able to pay our rent, we aren't able to pay our mortgages, and we're not able to work, so we got to get back to work even though there's a pandemic. They're too stupid to put two and two together or go online on and fucking read the guardian and say guess what holy shit all over the world everybody is getting paid to stay home like in england how come in england they're not screaming and crying to get back to work they're saying hey 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 hold on slow down it's too soon to get back to work we don't want to die we have some respect for ourselves my lord and lady, uh, your majesty, the queen. We're not just serfs anymore, your majesty. Not that she's even saying that. Only here, in the fucking meritocracy, the dummy, the stupid place. Ground zero of stupidity. Where the dummies are manipulated by fascist propaganda to not be able to see the forest through the trees or why would you look anywhere else for news why would you go online and explore outside your community much less another country every other country and learn that every other country doesn't have food lines like us Gee, whoa, what a fucking idea. Why would uh, English people not want to scream and yell and say, let me get back to work? Oh, I get it. Oh, it makes sense now. Because they're being paid their salaries to stay home. In a government that actually might be working for them a little bit more than working for us here then our government is working. It's not working for us. You get it? It doesn't work for us. It's not meant to. Unless we make it work for us. And how dare you? That's why I don't want to go around in circles, but fuck you, Nancy Pelosi. Come on with this cobra. Shame on you, and I can't wait. I will be calling her office. How dare you? 
shame her fucking ass. Like, that's, it has to, this has to stop. Either the Democratic Party is the party of the people, or this democracy is over. It is over now. We need to get it back, but enough. I don't know who I can't stand worse. The filthy fascists or the enabling, the ones who enable it constantly. Cobra? Giving more money. That's what, that's what you need? You gotta prop up this disgusting racket? Only in America, only the American dupes would put up with having a private company murder us year after year after year. How many people have to be murdered? Where's Aaron Brockovich? You know, these filthy corporations, they murder a town, they give a lot of people cancer. Somebody comes in, they get sued. Not for the health insurance racket. What do they get? They get more profits. They get fucking propped up by Nancy Pelosi. When she should say, sorry, good time to start winding down this rapaciously useless industry. I'm sorry. No more blood money to the goddamn health insurance racket. Oh my God, I'm so pissed off thinking of this. How dare you? How dare you give that fucking racket more of our money? Haven't they, haven't they killed enough of us? Aren't they rich enough? Enough of them. It's time for them to go. There comes a time in history where you gotta say enough. Like, uh, you know, uh, the leeches industry, I'm sure they ha- took a big hit when medicine advanced. It's time to move away from private health insurance. It's not, you're not being insured, honey. They're being, they're there to stop you from getting care. They're there to take your premiums and take the tax dollars and fucking deny you care. They're there to kill you. They don't want to make you better. You're better in spite of them. I remember I read an article from a woman who wrote about how she couldn't believe listening to all of the the Democrats and the Republicans and, and then the Willie Geists of the world talk about how everybody loves their private health insurance. She said she's had diabetes since she's 11, and she's uh, she's alive in spite of the private health insurance. So what is the, what's everybody talking about? A constant battle for the private these private health insurances are waging against the the people. They hate us. Private health insurance only likes us when we die. We're not you know, we uh, we get sick and die. We they don't want to fix us. They they don't like cancer or catastrophic diagnosis. That's why when you get a catastrophic diagnosis, the first thing they did was go through your file and look for a way to fucking kick you off. 
You're not profitable anymore, you sucking host. That's all you are. You're like, they're a tick and you're a host. That's it. That's the relationship. The tick wants to keep sucking until the blood is gone and then you're dead. Oh, well, they move on to another host. They don't need you to say, oh, get off me, tick. To stop the flow. Fuckers. That's why we have to shame these mother effers. Shame them. Call up Nancy Pelosi. Say, how dare you continue keeping a rapacious racket that kills Americans. So 90,000 Americans have died of the coronavirus. How many have died of needlessly died because of the private health insurance racket. How dare you give it more of our health, of our tax dollars? You freak. You should be giving it to uh, expanding Medicaid. Let those who lost their employer-based insurance bullshit, which is a ridiculous system, a stupid system, let them get it, buy into Medicare. You fucking moron, Nancy Pelosi. I know you're great at sucking money out of donors, but time to get a new hobby. We're going to reduce the amount of dark money in politics. Oh, don't get me going. I know. Because Michael Deason's going to get mad at me. All right. Let's see. The groups, uh, let's see. If content, la, 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 la. It's too early to know whether and how, which part of the new law the administration might address in the coming month. Whatever. Fucking cares. The U.S. wasn't last on everything. The Commonwealth team found that U.S. adults have timely access to specialists. Oh, Wow. So when you're rich, with just 6% waiting longer than two months for an appointment, in Germany and France, the Netherlands and Switzerland, the rates were similar. Oh, well, I thought that they had to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. Whereas, uh, well, they were actually better in some countries. It was uh, 3%. In other countries that had universal health care. I thought that we waited and waited. Nobody likes to wait. I'm so sick of them. This is why we need a real liberal media. You don't hear this. What you will hear on corporate media is Willie Geist pining for private health insurance, telling everybody how much they love private health insurance. Unbelievable. Well, anyway. What are you going to do? Let's see. One more thing. A couple more things. Oh, my God. Shannon, another super chat. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia, for your super chat and your cute little cat emoji. I don't know if you saw. Who else gave a super chat? Did I miss it? Steven, of course. Jim. Oh, my God. 
Only a few more dollars to $100. And that will be a very good day. That'll be, that'll make me feel good. That's all I can say. I don't know how many people are watching. But if you can become a patron, if you like, if you want the country to survive, how about I put it that way? <laughs> I'm not kidding. You think I'm kidding? No. I'm not just being uh, hyperbolic. You want to have a corporate media only? We're doomed. But anyway, all right. So one thing, so many things. I was going to get into Stacey Abrams. I don't know if you saw. That that might be a conversation for a different day because it's long. But today, let's just do this one. Let's get keep the Twitter because Stacey Abrams is annoying. All right. This whole... Will she be the vice president? Will, won't she? Will she? Won't she? It's so annoying. It's another, it's a pageant. That means nothing. And it's irritating me because, I mean, come on. We have no depth here. Oh, will Stacey Abrams, will he pick her or won't he? Well, now that I'm on the subject, I'll, we'll, we might do both then. So she was, he was, well, all right, I can't talk. Um, Stacey Abrams was invited onto Lawrence O'Donnell with Joe Biden. And they gave a, like this impression that she was going to be, he was going to make this big announcement. Like, who fucking cares? I'm so sick of this question. Are you going to be a vice president? Are you, who are you picking? Who's, yeah, vice president, like she, Stacey Abrams is out there lobbying to be the vice president. But let's just play um, Stacey Abrams on Lawrence O'Donnell. Give this with a question to Joe Biden because uh, Stacey Abrams is here because Joe Biden invited Stacey Abrams to be here. Uh, and so, uh, Mr. Vice President, uh, do you have an announcement to make? Uh, is this an audition? Is there, uh, what is the reason that, that you decided it's time, time for, for me to get, get on TV, TV with Stacey Abrams? Wait, is this an audition? Um, pretty much. Isn't that disgusting? Is this an audition? It's all about Stacey Abrams' ambition to be vice president. The, they never ask her what she wants to do. It's kind of pathetic. It's not kind of pathetic. It is pathetic. But watch this. Oh, so you have an announcement to make? Well, because Stacey Abrams has done more to deal with... Uh the fair vote and making sure there is a fair vote than anybody. And she's, she has a great, great capacity to explain things and to lay out exactly why it's going to be so critically important in this election. Um, I have a great capacity to explain things. Pick me, pick me, pick me. This president's already said when they put in the stimulus package, the Congress first passed money to provide for mail-in ballots. He already said, I'm not for that. If we do that, we'll ne no Republican will ever win or something to that effect. He's made it clear 
this is a guy who said he wants to defund the post office from being able to deliver ballots. I mean, so Stacy knows what she's doing, and uh, and she's an incredibly capable person. That's why he invited her on? You see her face kind of fell. She probably thought she might have been, uh, it might have been her shot. But it's so pathetic. Let's, I don't know if you saw, oh my God, I want to vomit. This article that the Washington Post wrote about Stacey Abrams. Let me just show you. That's not that picture. Beep, boop, beep. This is the accompanying photo that they used in their in their profile of Stacey Abrams. Can you fucking believe this photo? What is she? She got or something? And it's it's the it's the O'Rourke of effect. It doesn't matter. No substance. Just all, it's like another, it's The Bachelor. It's the reality TV. Who's going to get the rose? Who will get Joe Biden's rose? Who gets voted off the island? Wait, why why do I keep switching it? Look at this shit. I mean, what? I'm trying to find the, the, the big photo. Are you kidding me here? So let's listen. Let, let me just read the first part of this article. All right. There is a big buzz at the Louder Milk Conference Center in downtown Atlanta as a gathering called Paradigm Shift 2.0 Black Women Confronting HIV, Health and Social Justice gets underway. 300 registered participants have journeyed from across the country to discuss the many challenges facing, where am I? I lost my place. Black women and girls. The second day's morning keynote was delivered by radical activist and professor Angela Davis. The hype has been building exponentially for lunchtime guest speaker Stacey Abrams. Dun, 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 dun. When she finally, when she is finally introduced, the women shout and leap to their feet. Young women stand in chairs, camera phones flash. Abrams, who appears both amused and slightly disturbed about the fuss over her, takes control of the chaotic scene. I've witnessed this level of affection for very few politician, very few political leaders in the democratic circles. I've been in since the 80s, by the way. I, they have last names like Clinton. <laughs> Both Hillary and Bill. Sanders, Warren, Jackson, and Obama. Both Michelle and, and Barack I am going to make sure there is peace in this room, Abram says. Y'all are about to annoy each other with these cameras. So I'm going to stand up and I'm going to stand in front of each of you. Take pictures so you can put your camera down. 
Let me just show you the picture again. Are you kidding me? Is she, who the fuck is she? Is she Aretha Franklin or God? I don't know. She's come to save us. Oh, Stacy, please. She, what do you, what do you stand for? I have no idea. But she's here to fucking save us. Pandemonium ensues as she walks to the far left of the stage like a runway supermodel. Are you serious? She's the new it girl, that's for sure. Comfy socks. Stacy Abrams. She's coming. Can you hear that music? <laughs> I hope it's not just me singing. We got a loop going. I hope I can... I hope you can hear it too. You can hear it, right? <laughs> Somebody answer. You can hear the music. Pandemonium ensues as she walks to the far left of the stage like a supermodel, stops on a dime and poses and tilts her head slightly. She smiles. Camera flashes explode. She next pivots and walks slowly to the center of the stage and freezes and repeats. Pose again. Flashes explode. Yeah. Boom. She pivots and she walks to the far right of the stage. Same. You wonder whether she's done it before because it's not necessarily what one expects. From a 46-year-old politician who was nearly elected first black female governor in U.S. history. Yeah. She lost oh, by fewer than 2% in 2018 Georgia race riddled with allegations of voter suppression. Mm-mm. Before that, she was a state legislature, legislator, I mean, who had served us the Georgia General Assembly. Now her name is on Bonnet shortlist of a running mate. VP. Now her name is on Joe Biden's lips. Mm -mm 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 -mm. 
she happens to have predicted that she'll be elected by president by 2020. Just as quickly as Abrams arrives, they'll run away. Returns to politics. <laughs> I know, I'm digging it, man. Decisions that are designed not for our success but our demise. Mm, mm, mm. I'm Stacy Abrams. My deep suspicion. A balloon of silence in the meeting room is punctured. Preach! Preach! You go, girl! Amen! I can go on like this forever. That's Stacy. Stacy. Hey, Rams. us to a new place she's gonna save us from please please grace us with your amazing presence mm, 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 mm. please lead us lead us Stacy Abrams I know that what's her face Whoopie wants you to. All right. <laughs> All right. I meant, come on. All right. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that's like a, that's like a best song I ever wrote. <laughs> That was the, oh my God, that just like came out of me. (laughs) 
Holy shit. I could have done that for like the I could have done that for two hours. It was really I felt like I was kind of like in a K hole or something, you know? <laughs> I really did. But that's I mean I was reading from the Washington Post. Okay? I was reading that that fucking who the hell wrote this article? Kevin Powell. What is the purpose of this article? Is it journalism? No. It's to blow smoke up the ass of a politic. I mean, it's not even politics. Peace in the room. Yo, I'm about to annoy you with these cameras. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to. Uh, uh, everyone's. You go, girl. All right. Nowhere does it say what the hell she's standing for. She's walking. She owns the room like a runway model. The balloon of silence is punctured. Amen. Preach. You go, girl. Where Where is it in here that, that she's... What the fuck she stands for? She stands for Stacey Abrams being... She wants to be VP. That's it. And... They're all, all the corporate media are, they're, they're bought into this shit. And it really has brought the entire system. This is why I'm insane. Okay. It makes me insane. They have dumbed us completely down to nothing. It's, we have a reality TV president and now even the Democrats you know, I thought the Democrats supposed to be better than this. the reality TV runway model Stacey Abrams owning the stage. She's going left. She's going right. Oh, my God. Thank you, Stephen. He says he's got to put his hands to bed. Guys, you're amazing. Thank you, Stephen, for all your super chats. Thank you, Robin. If I don't get um, any more Super Chats for that rap, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I should do a fucking rap. That was just, honestly, you can't do that again. I could have kept going, but I thought, this is going to be weird <laughs> if I keep going. But then it goes weird. Make you just keep going, and then it gets weird and gets uncomfortable, and then it gets... It goes back to funny again because it's going on so long. You know what I mean? So, <sighs> oh my god, <laughs> that was good. That was funny. I mean, fun for me. It was fun. I hope you could you could hear the music, right, guys? You heard the you heard the funky loop underneath. I hope. Otherwise, I'll have to add it in on the podcast. Because you know this goddamn system that I'm working with. I don't often hear what's going out. All right. Ba-boom. Cha-ching. Stephen Lee, once again, he has brought us over the $100 threshold. Thank you. Ba-boom. Boom. Okay, so let's see. Where is... I just wanted to show you some more. 
annoying things and then we'll call it a night i like doing this show i hope i can do it every day one day it's not that i just it's not just liking it it is necessary i mean well you have to like it otherwise what's the point if you don't like it then people will be like well i don't watch that fucking show you don't even like doing it i'm not like chris cuomo here right you heard Chris Cuomo say, oh, he hates his job. Well, guess what? We hate you too. Okay? How do these people get jobs on the corporate media? This is the problem. That's why this country is where we are. All these corporate media mouthpieces, they don't deserve it. They're not even, what did they bring to the table? Who cares? Chris Cuomo. He's the brother of... Uh, the governor. Okay, whatever. He's also a big fucking liar, too. Here's the, I don't know if you saw. Did you see when, this is off track, but when Chris Cuomo, he, was, he had the coronavirus. And he made, he fucking made a big lie. Well, he made a big to-do about, okay, I'm coming out of quarantine now. For the first time ever. And he live streamed it on his show. And it was all bullshit. He had been out of quarantine. And we had the images to prove it. He had been in an altercation with one of his neighbors. Who one of his neighbors said to him. Shouldn't you be inside? You have the coronavirus. And he was like, oh, yeah, fuck off. And he got into words with this person. And then his daughter had images on her Instagram and other whatever she had, zip zockety zoo, whatever that it's called, <laughs> zip zock, tick And there was images of her father, not in quarantine, sitting around in the living room with his family. But for the camera, he had to make this whole thing. This fake ass, oh, here I come. For the first time, I'm coming out of, okay, I'm, I'm finally out of the basement. Like we're all a bunch of ass, assholes or something. Well, that's what they think. What do, I guess we are. We are a bunch of assholes. Because we buy it. We keep these people have major platforms and we believe them but anyway i can't find that clip but i will show you some other things that are annoying okay fuck stacy abrams i was going to show you the view where um they were like oh you're gonna be vp what do you want to say i do be a great vp well i'll show you one one of those and then we'll play Twitler today, and that'll be that. How's that sound? Like a plan? So, let's see. Well, I'll look oh, look, here. Here's Joy Reid. I'll look into you as a possible vice presidential pick for Why? Joe Biden. Now, I love it. You said you would be an excellent running mate. It's refreshing to hear such confidence. I love it. I would be great at the job and I want it, you said. So tell us why you would be an excellent running running mate, even though it's pretty obvious to me. 
<laughs> well, I appreciate that. And yes, I, I try to be straightforward because while we hope the work speaks for itself, sometimes the work needs a hype man. And I, and yeah, I learned early on that if I didn't speak for myself, I couldn't tell the story. But here's where I am. That's I've spent the story. last 25 years of my life in service, doing the work that I believe needs to be done. And whether I'm in elected office or doing it through a nonprofit or starting a small business to help other small businesses. Can I ask anybody, anybody on the chat, tell me, tell me what Stacey Abrams stands for. Fair fight. Okay, she does the fair fight voting after she lost. And that's debatable, I know. What else? What has she done? I can tell you a couple things only because I researched it. She's not exactly a progressive. She's a political operative. For example, in Georgia, you know, that's like a right-wing state, right? That's probably why she has to go around saying that she's a big fan of Atlas Shrugged, okay? I got an Atlas to shrug you for you to shrug on right there. And I wish they would shrug. Just please, shrug already. I'm sick of you. And so in Georgia, there's this fil filthy, disgusting, racist monument, Stone Mountain. Uh, okay, I mean, I'm looking it up. And in the Georgia legislature, there was, because, you know, Stone Mountain, the, the Civil War is a war. It was a, it's a racist-ass fucking war for racists. That's why the states, when they're talking about states' rights, they're talking about the right to own other human beings. So black people who live in the South are sick of these racist assholes and their monuments to all the goddamn traitors who rose up against the United States and murdered and ensured that 500,000 Americans died for their right to own other human beings because they, they couldn't let go of their human property. They weren't letting go easy. But in order to... When, when black people got a little too uppity, that's when all the monuments started breaking out, all the monuments to the traitors, all the Confederate flags, all of the... Uh, you know, all the monuments to the, the traitors to the United States. So there's this, this mountain. What the hell? Let's see. Stone Mountain. I'm trying to find it. Monument. Like, like uh, Mount Rushmore. On the side of a mountain is uh, an image carved into the mountain is an image of a bunch of traitors to the United States. The largest relief, high relief sculpture in the world, the Confederate Memorial, depicts three Confederate traitors, traitors to the United States. It's like Nazis. It's like Germany having uh, their heritage, their Nazi heritage on the side of a mountain, which they would never do. No sane civilization mo mo puts monuments up to the traitors of that civilization. So the 
the goddamn stupid monument depicts three Confederate figures of the Civil War. Jefferson Davis, the traitor. General Robert E. Lee, the traitor. And Thomas Stonewall Jackson, the well, I mean, they're all racists, and the traitor. The entire carved surface measures three acres, larger than a football field and Mount Rushmore. The carving of three men towers 400 feet above the ground. Whatever, who cares? In 1912, the carving existed only in the imagination of Mrs. Helen C. Plain, charter member of the Daughters of the Confederacy, a bunch of traitors and racists. But in 1912, well, these monuments didn't spring up after the Civil War. They started springing up when black people got a little too uppity. These were, it's the way of saying, hey, Jim Crow is in town. Get in your place, N-word. So, three sculptors worked on the carving during its creation. Guzan Borglam, you know, sounds like a real true American asshole, was hired in 1915 as the carving consultant. In 1916, he was approved, appointed carver sculptor by Stone Mountain Memorial Association. Borglum envisioned a carving with seven central figures accompanied by an army of thousands of racist traitors. Well, I added the racist traitors. He was not able to begin work on the carving until 1923 due to funding problems and World War I. Well, you know. Why don't they just secede? I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? I, this is the story of this fucking stupid monument. And they they have, a, a, you can go, groups in education. This this place should be, mo- it, it should be blown up. It should be replaced by a monument to the Underground Railroad. If this was a sane society, that's what would happen. So, s- during Stacey Abrams' tenure in the Georgia legislature, they there was a movement to get rid of Stone Mountain to fucking erase that shit. Do something else with it. Blow it up. Add something that doesn't suck. And Stacey Abrams didn't... Uh, she didn't sign on to it because she is a political operative. She saw that... She didn't want to... With the progressives. The progressives wanted to remove this offensive imagery. This, 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 an image of traitors who stood up and rebelled against the United States. Treason that should be met with, with ignoble, uh, nothing. You know, like, for example, Benjamin, uh, I mean, Benedict Arnold. He was, a great general, okay? Because, you know, how Twitler always talks about how, oh, uh, Robert E. Lee, great general. Whatever you care, whatever you think about him, he was a great general. So was Benedict Arnold. And he won. Uh, in fact, without Benedict Arnold, the United States would probably still be a colony of England. But he ended up being a traitor. And... Regardless, he was a great general. We don't, we have one monument 
to Benedict Arnold in the United States. It's called the Boot Monument because he got shot in the leg during his one of his major battles. So they commemorate his service that way. But they don't say it's... They're not commemorating him. So it's sort of a way of honoring the, his service to the country without honoring the traitor that he turned into. So the Boot Monument is American Revolutionary War Memorial located in Saratoga His- National Historical Park in New York. It commemorates Major General Benedict Arnold's service at the Battle of Saratoga. This battle was the battle that where the French saw that the Americans might actually win the war, that they could win if they had support. And without French arm arms and training and money the colonists would never have won the the independence unfortunately <laughs> now i feel like we uh what a shame right so if it wasn't for the battle of saratoga we would still be a colony of england anyway so anyway you don't give traitors a monument Okay, if you're saying effing country. But so Stacey Abrams, you know what she did after? So during when she was sort of just a local politician and her, the local, um, uh, the liberals wanted her to sign on to this initiative to get rid of the Stone Mountain. Let's see, Stacey, I'm looking it up. She said no, Okay. She didn't lend her support. Anyway, fast forward a couple of years when Stacy went to San Francisco to fundraise. Guess who started talking about Stone Mountain, getting rid of Stone Mountain? It's one of these disingenuous. It doesn't. Obviously, she doesn't care. She knows who she's talking to. She knows her audience. So in Georgia, she's all fine. Hey, leave Stone Mountain. I'm not signing on. I'm not standing on the right side of history with you because it's not politically advantageous for me. It's sort of like Hillary Clinton saying marriage is a sacred bond between a man and a woman. You know, while gay gay rights were still as contentious before now all of a sudden she's uh, leading gay rights parades and whatnot. But while, you know, all the while, while we were fighting, we were fighting people like her. And this is, it, it, it is, the reason I'm talking about this Stone Mountain thing is that it is exactly everything that I can't stand about these politicians. It's either it's right or it's not. Are you on the right side of history? Of course it's wrong to commemorate a bunch of racists and traitors. Stand on the right side of history if that's what you believe. Don't, if she didn't care, okay, that's a different story, fine. Then it's not her fight, fine. But why go to San Francisco and start saying how we must remove this stone mountain monument when uh, when she's trying to raise money for her her gubernatorial campaign from the san francisco liberals 
It's just completely disingenuous. So at that time, she said to them, we must never celebrate those who defended slavery and tried to destroy the Union. Exactly. Well, why didn't you feel that way years before? Unbelievable. Well, not unbelievable, but it's typical. That's why when they're like, uh, there's so many... um, Videos like this where Stacey, of Stacey Abrams on all these different shows, Democrats asking her on the so-called liberal media, oh, you're going to be vice president? You want to? Oh, but they never, they never ask her. What the Why? What? Is it just because you're a black woman? So is Condi Rice. Get her up in here. Really? I mean, look at, here's on, uh, where is this? The View Bitches. They love you for what reason? I'm so confused. Why? Today is President's Day, and while you're not running at the moment, (laughs) (laughs) at this very second you're not running, a lot of people want to see you on that ticket, first as vice president. And you said, you know, that any Democratic candidate can come and talk to you about being VP. Explain to people why you say this. Okay, so the last, the first time I was on here, Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the question about running as VP during the primary, and I very apparently famously said no, because you don't run for second in a primary. Right. However, because that conversation started, I'm now getting the question a lot from folks, and the answer is, of course, I would be honored to run for vice president with the nominee. And thank you. Good. But Good. There, I mean, it's a bit disconcerting because it seems really obnoxious for me to say that out loud since I'm not, you know, no one's asked me. But what I want people to understand (laughs) is that... in the media. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The the issue is, as a woman of color, especially as a black woman, this is an unusual position to be in for someone to be considered possibly the next vice president. And it would be doing a disservice to every woman of color, every woman of ambition, every child who wants to think beyond their known space for me to say no or to pretend, oh, no, I don't want it. Of course I want it. Of course I want to serve America. Good. Of course I want to be a patriot and do this work. And so I say yes. Yes, and very good. You also see yourself running as president, too. Oh, absolutely. At some point, you will. You know, not like Bernie. That Bernie was like, I was like, get out of here. Why are you still in the race? <laughs> wow. Are you still standing in this race? Why don't you want to be got out of this race, Bernie? Why, Bernie? We know what you stand for. Why can't you be like Stacey Abrams? You just not stand for nothing. Just gotta be, uh, just be, you know, we don't want no white, old white guys. We want some younger black woman who we just don't know what the hell she fucking wants but you know she's got uh she fits the suit 
like Johnny Bravo on Brady Bunch. You saw that episode when they were looking for someone to lead the band and they didn't have anybody, but they needed, they had the suit. <laughs> so they got Greg Brady up in there. He fit the suit. He, you know, burn it. I don't, I know what you stand for, but you don't fit the suit. <laughs> that hurts my voice. How did you talking like that? How do you get a voice like that? <laughs> I might end up with a voice like that if I keep talking like this. Me, 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 me. Uh oh, don't get me started. Yeah, don't get me started. I feel another rap coming on. No, I don't. <laughs> we'll do another one. Another day. <laughs> Alright, anyway. So, Twitler. Let's see. He did something that's going to kill more people. So, that's why I, said, I named this show to, to Republicans... 90,000 dead Americans is a start. I know, right? Greg on the chat, he's like, oh, come on. It's, uh, I know. It's a tease. It's a tease. <laughs> All right, let's see. You can't. It has to, you just have to, it was the moment. Maybe another time it'll happen again. It might happen again. Not, I mean, maybe not now, but another time. So Trump went out today, and of course, all of the corporate media are reporting. This is what happens. That's why, another reason why we are swirling around the bowl on the, with the, with the middle class, below 50% of the population. What all, think about what, they could be asking Stacey Abrams on The View if they really gave a shit. It wasn't just about her identity, this bullshit identity politics, this uh, this bachelorette, you get the rose stupidity that we're all subjected to. They could have asked Stacey Abrams, Stacey, do, do you, don't you find it uh, abhorrent that for the first time since the first Gilded Age, the middle class is now below 50% of the population. And what are you going to do about that? What policies would you promote? Instead of, you going to be vice president? You want to be vice president? Who cares? You want to be vice president. Good for you. Good for you for asking and saying that you want to be president. Like, who fucking cares? It's like a vice president is just some somebody's private ambition. Not that it has any relevance to this country that is now the least upwardly mobile. It, that never crosses anybody's lips. No, just, oh, well, what do you think, Stacy? They love you here. Oh, I hope you do it. You'll be great. 
Not that we know. I mean, we know what Bernie stands for. I know. I'm sorry. I bring up Bernie. Yes. But we know what he stands for. He stands for, you know, what's right. Why doesn't she stand for it? Why doesn't she say? You don't have to be... You don't have to be Bernie. You know, she could say the same thing. She could say, yeah, it's abhorrent that one-third of the American people can't retire. That's not the system that works. That's not democracy. My mission in life will be to ensure I'm in public service so that we can right this country and, I mean, well, correct it, and ensure that the American dream is not not just available in New Zealand or in Sweden or England, but we re-import it right back here. Using policies that we that are American. We've done this before. We could do it again. But we have to get money out of politics. We have to ensure that one person, one vote. Everybody's vote. Yeah, if that's her thing. Yes, voting. I agree. It goes beyond that, though. What do we do then? It's a bigger, uh, it's a bigger picture. It's all of it. The whole thing. But anyway, so Twitler here, he said that he is taking hydroxychloroquine, a drug that he's been promoting that's already killed some people because they found it in their cabinet. It was in some kind of fish food. So they're like, hey, hey, Ma, look what I got. This drug that the the president, our president, God bless Donald J. Trump, the J's for genius and Jesus, so he told us that we can stave off this horrible liberal virus from China if we took this drug that everyone's taking. It's sweeping the nation. Like, uh, it's sweeping the nation like uh, the good news about Trump. And here, let's take it, Ma. And next thing you know, Ma's dead. And, uh, well, I think Pa's dead. I'm not sure. One of them is dead. And uh, the other one's in a coma. Soon to be dead. So, thank you, Twitler. But here he is, again, explaining. Oh, he, he it just came out. Oh, I don't know. You know, you all are fake news, but I'm taking hydroxychloroquine. Here we go. Oh wait, wrong. I'd be surprised. Special. Did I wait? I just want to make sure that's the right video. Hold on. Cause I grabbed. I thought I had a different video. That was better. A lot of good things have come out about the hydroxy. Oh no, no, that's it. A lot of good things. A lot of good things have come out about the hydroxy. A lot of good things have come. out. No, he means a lot of good things have got have come out of his fucking mouth about it. A lot of good things have come out. A lot of good things. Where? Asshole continues. You'd be surprised at how many people are taking it, especially the frontline workers, before you catch it. Yeah, I would be surprised. You got numbers? Show us. You got proof? That's, proof is so liberal. Facts, proof, reality, numbers, math, evidence. That has such a liberal bias. 
frontline workers, many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. I'm taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. Right now, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I started taking it. Because I think it's good. I've heard a lot of good stories. And if it's not good, I'll... He's full of shit. You know how he's full of shit? His tell. And, of course, the corporate media will will never report this. They'll never put it in context. They'll never report his lies as the lies they are. He's full of shit. Of course, we can't prove it. He could say whatever. He's taking, he could, you know, I, I could tell you he's taking Adderall. We have heard from people who worked on the set of The Apprentice that he's a fucking drug, add, drug addict. But, okay. An untreated drug addict, yes. And he he's taking hydroxychloroquine. Uh, you know how he's, we know he's lying? He's been taking it for two weeks. That's his tell. Everything's coming in two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, you've been taking it? How long? Oh, a couple of weeks. That's how you know he's a fucking liar. If it was such a great drug, why why not start months ago when you started touting it? No, he's taking it a eh, couple weeks. Everything with Twitter is two weeks. So that's... You don't hear the corporate media talking about putting it together two weeks. Look, here. We're going to be announcing something, I would say, over the next two or three weeks that will be phenomenal in terms of tax. Wiretap covers a lot of different things. I think you're going to find some very interesting items coming to the forefront over the next two weeks. We'll be reporting back... I didn't mean to. Covers a lot of different things. I think you're going to find some forefront over the next two weeks. We'll be reporting back sometime over the next two weeks as to NAFTA and what we're going to do about it. And I'll be making a big decision on the Paris Accord over the next two weeks. We don't have press conferences, and we do. You don't mean that. Well, just don't have them. Unless I have them every two weeks and I do myself. We're doing very well in the fight against ISIS and we're going to be having a news conference in about two weeks to let everybody know how well we're doing. And the mines are starting to open up. Having a big opening in two weeks. Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, so many places. A big opening of a brand new mine. Two Two weeks, everyone. It's coming in two weeks. He's been taking it for two weeks. Don't you know? So let me see. Where is it? I want to resume that video. A lot, a lot of good, good things, things have come, come out of like, like the, the one, one I told you about. You about I got it. Oh, wait. A lot, a lot of frontline front workers are taking hydroxychloroquine. A lot of front... I don't take it because people said, oh, maybe he owns the company. I want the people of this nation to feel good. I don't want them being sick. And there's a very good... What do you mean you don't want us being sick? 
We're sick. The fish rots from the head down. You got us sick. You're sick. And you're sickening the entire country. The entire body politic is sick. From him. Out of the hundreds of patients, many hundreds, over 300 patients, I've, I haven't lost one. He said, please wait, 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 wait. He says, pressure. here's the thing. He says that, who the fuck calls him on the phone? All these random people. I don't never I never heard of any president that you could just go, "Oh, um, hello president. I got I got to tell you this story. I got so many frontline workers like you'd never believe, like you no one's ever seen in 2 weeks um taking hydroxychloroquine like you've never seen. And I got to tell you, uh, and it'd be very surprising like nobody's ever seen to Show you all the frontline workers taking it like no one's ever seen. Sir, that's how you know he's full of shit. Somebody, some doctor called. Oh, a doctor called him. Some doctor. Who? Dr. fucking Spock? Dr. Magoo from uh, who? Who? Dr. Feelgood? Got a name? Who? What doctor? He called, sir, that's another thing, sir, that's how you know he's full of shit. You, you won't believe it. I don't, I can't believe I got through to the White House. Right? I, I, I can't believe it. I, first ring, you picked right up, sir. Don't you have shit to do, sir? You're, you're tweeting hundreds of tweets a day. I don't know how he can tweet so much, too. I run a podcast, and I can't tweet 125 times a day. It's impossible. He's the so-called effing president in the middle of a, of a pandemic that's killing Americans, where hundreds, hundreds of thousands of Americans are going to die, and he's going to ensure that. He will make sure. We have 90,000 dead. That's not good enough. That's a start. That's what Republicans call a good start. He's not done. He's just getting started. But he'll, he's got the time. Not only does he tweet hundreds of times a day, but he can pick up the fucking phone when people call. You can call the White House. Sir, I'm, ha I'm here. Here I am in bumfuck Ohio somewhere. I don't even know where. Where the fuck am I? Who knows? And I'm telling you, hydroxychloroquine, it may not be FDA approved like the Trump Network vitamins that you had everybody pee in a jar and send their pee in uh, when you had your multi-level marketing vitamin scam that went bankrupt and you sold them non-FDA approved vitamins. They, that didn't work, of course. I mean, there were nothing but fucking placebos for the dupes. You were just coming up with some stupid, another way to separate idiots from their money like you're separating idiots from their country right now, from their democratic republic. You know, um, I, I can't believe it, though. I'm ta everybody's taking this hydroxychloroquine that you told that killed a couple of people, but that's okay. They were old anyway, and they were draining the system as useless eaters on Social Security, so I'm glad they're dead. But uh, that's beside the point. Um, 
I can't believe we've been taking it for two weeks and nobody, I mean, I've been licking the coronavirus patients and I can't even get the coronavirus. I've been trying to get it to prove the, I, I just wanted to have some liberal tears. So I started, my, my wife's a liberal and I wanted to see her cry. So I thought the best way is to get coronavirus. So I started licking some of my my patients and they have coronavirus, but none of them are showing any symptoms because they are Trump supporters taking hydroxychloroquine. And I was just licking them, showing, because I, I want liberal tears. My wife, if she knows I have the coronavirus, she will have some liberal tears and I'll drink them with my kofifi. And I, uh, just to make America great, you know what I mean? And I, I can't believe it. I just, I can't believe you picked up the phone. I want to tell you, thank you for showing us the way that we don't actually need a country that works for all. Um, it's so much better out here when we're at each other's throats. I, I don't know. Liberal tears, um, I, I, you need to bottle those liberal tears. It's, uh, it's better than, um, sex. Not that you would know. I mean, you don't know what, uh, how long has it been with you and Melania. And after all, um, well, who knows? After all, uh, you do look like a guy who's got to pay for it. So I don't, I know you insist that you're not a guy that has to pay for it, but you kind of look like a guy that has to pay for it. I don't know. I'm just shocked that you picked up the phone, sir. A lot of doctors say I take it. <laughs> I hope to not be able to take it soon because, you know, I hope they come up with some answer. But I think people should be allowed to. I got a letter from a doctor the other day from Westchester, New York, around the area. He didn't want anything. He just said, sir, I have hundreds of from a doctor he didn't want anything not like these fucking bitches not like any of my wives or my my useless eater children and their useless eater intergenerational goddamn heirs he didn't want anything i don't know i don't have a name i got nothing i got no proof just the words of a man that used to call the New York Post as his own press secretary, John Barron, and pretend that that and and, and pretend that uh, that I, I am the best lay in New York City. That's what I needed to get out on the cover of the Post because fact remains. Everybody knows that John Barron, I mean, just between you and me, John Barron told us that Trump is a lousy lay. Of course he is. How you in order to be a good lay, you got to you have to be giving. You can't be a selfish eater, right? You can't be a useless eater. You got to be it's got to be a give and take. Not just take take take. Like when, you know, you're banging a porn star with your smaller than average Mario Kart looking mushroom penis. And therefore the whole world knows you're a joke. So 
you have to take us all to hell with you because somebody laughed at you. I think Obama made a joke about you at, at the press correspondence dinner. Not that I understand why the effing correspond the press have a fucking dinner with all the people they're supposed to be reporting on, but that's besides the point. And I give them hydroxychloroquine. I give them the z which is zithromycin. And I give them zinc. Can you believe this shit? And I have the hundreds of patients, many hundreds, over 300 patients. I've, I haven't lost one. He said, please keep pressing that, sir. Uh, and if you look at that phony report that was put in, that report on the hydroxy was given to people that were in extraordinarily bad condition. Extraordinarily bad. People that were dying. No, I, I think for whatever it's worth, I take it. I was... Uh, I'm sorry, the fucking... I forgot to put the mic up again. Why? Oh, Z-Pack and Zinc. Why didn't anybody think of that before? Thank you, Twitler. Thank you, my lord, for trickling your knowledge on us. I know that... It is on mute now. It should be out. Can you hear me? It should be, it should be working. It should be working. I know there's a delay. There's a delay. I am sorry. I forgot to put the mic up. It's fucking ridiculous. It should, um, anyway, I forgot my train of thought. <sighs> That's probably because I'm not taking hydroxychloroquine, zinc, z pack. Why didn't we all think of that? Z-Pack, oh, they're giving it to people who are on their last legs. No, that's not how it works, asshole. They were doing a study with hydroxychloroquine, and they had to stop the study because people were dying of heart attacks, you fucking baboon. Anyway, I the only good thing is that normal people they uh, normal people no, like us normal progressives patriots real americans who aren't morons addicted to fox news and they're not in the trump cult normal people will not follow his directions so all the dummies do it take hydroxychloroquine go out with your face uncovered only sissies wear masks. Not strong, big, strong men. Big, strong, powerful white men. A little zinc. That's all you need. Zinc. So, get out there. Touch your faces. Touch each other's faces, right? Sort of like... Do it. You'll get a lot of liberal tears that way. I can't wait. I can't wait for you all to drink my tears. So, it would be great. You would be doing us all a service. And you would be doing Twitler a service. That's the most patriotic thing you can do. Is remove yourself from the situation. Remove yourself from America. And we can get on with it. Keep evolving without you. Just like the, the founders 
the patriots, the uh, real American patriots, the progressives who created America, had to evolve without the loyalists, without the ones who were saying, oh, no, we can't have a, a civilization that didn't have a king and an aristocracy. And they kept uh, the founders, the progressives who believed in democracy and uh, self-governance, they said, oh, we'll keep evolving without you fucking archaic ghosts of uh, times that we are live leaving in history's dung heap. So we will continue to evolve without you. And yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I just saw something on Variety that made me chuckle. Nancy Pelosi says that morbidly obese Trump shouldn't take hydroxychloroquine for coronavirus. Good. She's, she's, she's good at getting some zingers, but we need more than zingers. We need um, good progressive policies, not just ripping up speeches, you know, and zinging him. Well, how about, you know, would really zing him if you, um, if you promoted Medicare for all, not this disgusting, rapacious, and useless health insurance racket. But that's good, though. Speaker, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi said that President Trump shouldn't be taking the anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine because he's morally obese and at risk for negative health effects. Oh, that's good. That should take him uh, to another level. That'll be good. At least it's fun watching him bug out. All right, guys. Speaking of bugging out, I'm going to bug out. And it's 10 o'clock. That's about, a th we did a three hour show tonight. I want to thank you all. I got an itch on my nose. Thank you for all your super chats and all your support. And for being patrons. And for sharing the show with your friends. All these things will help us grow. Please give the show a good review on iTunes. That's another way. Uh, up the stars, the stars and the moon, and make, um, you know, when people search for progressive shows, that show, my show will come up and we'll get more subscribers and, you know, this is how we're going to grow. We will grow the show. We need a bigger platform. And we're getting there. We're meeting more people. Mark. My new friend, Mark, our new friend, Mark. If you're not on the Discord, Mark's on Discord. A lot of us are on Discord. Comfy socks. Oh, why does it do that? So annoying. I don't know if I'm just... And uh, everybody, everybody who's anybody is on the Discord chat. You can see pictures of our pets, not just Tara Jr. Jr. and Francis Jr. Jr. All of our pets, we're keeping, you know, getting together. Post some articles. Speaking of, I should put some of the articles I read tonight in the... I will put them in the Discord after the show. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. As I always say... Yeah. We 
stick together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We win, win, win. We have to stick together. And we win. We stick together, we win. Yeah. Welcome, patriots. We are the real patriots. We're on the right side of history, the right side of democracy. Yeah. We're in this together. We don't leave anybody behind. No, we don't. No, we don't. We are in this together. Thank you all for your support. Go to patreon.com slash Tara Devlin and become a patron. Mm-mm-mm. And share the show with your friends. Yeah. Because we will win. We're gonna win. We're on the right side of history, the right side of democracy. We stick together, we win. Alright. <laughs> you guys have been great. It's been fun. Thank you. You made me feel better. I was feeling a little low, a little low earlier and it was we had a good show tonight we had fun we had a couple of laughs we didn't have any tears tonight not saying we won't have any tears again but we will win i'm not kidding we are on the right side of history we are on the right side of democracy thank you so much everyone my name is tara devlin we stick together we win I will see you very soon.